So here's what I want to do today. We're, we are in John chapter 12. If you're visiting, we're, we're going through the Gospel of John. And so we're in John chapter 12. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me there. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And, it, and the reason we want, I wanted to sing that song and talk about His thankfulness because it ties, or being thankful for the Lord, it ties really well into this, this uh, scripture that we're in, this text that we're in today. So John chapter 12, 1 through 11, if you don't have your Bible, it's the, the scripture's going to be up on the screen, but let me set the scene, what's going on here. In John chapter 11, uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. He, he was dead for four days. Martha and Mary send this message out to Jesus. Jesus, your, your friend that you, you dearly love is sick. And Jesus waits around where he was for a couple more days, but it's all about timing because when he comes, when he, when he, when he comes to near um, Jerusalem, uh, was it Bethany? When he comes to Bethany, it's four days, and that's on purpose because what the, the, Jew, the Jewish culture, they had a superstition of this is that when a person died, the spirit would hover around the, de- the body for three days. And Jesus comes on the fourth day, and he's going he's gonna to blow the minds of the disciples. And he, he raises Lazarus from the dead. He makes this, declar- he makes this uh, proclamation. He says, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he proves that he's, by raising Lazarus from the dead, and ultimately proves it by being raised to life uh, on the third day. And so the disciples... Our, our, uh, the disciples, their mind is blown. Their, their faith has grown. In fact, the word is spreading now that, uh, about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Well, not only is he growing in popularity right here, and people are flocking to, to see Lazarus, but now the religious leaders who want to take Jesus out, they're looking for some way. They, they, can't, they can't stand Jesus. Jesus doesn't fit the box, their Messiah box of a conquering king, a conquering Messiah. Jesus came to suffer. And so he doesn't fit that box. And so they're looking for some way. They're going, man, he's not the Messiah. Let's find some way uh, to take him out. And so they go from this, um, hey, let's look for a way, to now plotting a way. And they're, and they're so jealous that they're, they even want to take Lazarus out. There's, you know, uh, no evidence. They don't want, they want to memory hole Jesus and anything about him. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at. And then we're here in John chapter 12. Now, when Jesus, Jesus, after he raised Lazarus from the dead, he went to the wilderness. It, it says that he went to the wilderness and he spent some time with his disciples. And now we're in John chapter 12, just six days, six days before the cross. And we still have a lot of teaching to cover here in John. And so John spends a lot of time on that last week of Jesus' life. But this is six days before Jesus goes to the cross. John chapter 12, 1 through 11. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. 
It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared about the poor, for he's a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. And she, did, she did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. And then the leading priest decided to kill, uh, kill, to, decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So here's what I want to do this morning. This, looking from our text here, I want to look at kind of ways to adore, ways that we can adore the Lord. We can, we can worship Him. I mean, as we're, that's what this season is about. The Lord's coming. God with us. And, 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 to worship, and for us believers, it's about adoring the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And, and so when I, when I look at this Scripture, what, kind of what jumped out at me was kind of three ways that we can worship or adore the Lord. But there's a starting point that I want to look at first. Before we can adore the Lord, I think the starting point is this, is we got to have an attitude of gratitude, don't we? we got to have an attitude of gratitude. And you see that here. Look in verse 1 and 2, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. And verse, verse 2 right here, a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. This family was worshiping and thanking Jesus for raising uh, for Mar- uh, Mary and Martha, their brother, up from the dead. I mean, Jesus didn't have to do this, but he did. Now, he did it to prove, make a point because he made this proclamation, he made this claim that he is the, he, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. He made that claim and then he raised Lazarus from the dead, proving it. But he didn't have to do that. But he did it out of the, because our God is good and the kindness of his heart. He, and this family was so thankful. They remember, and in, in when we looked at uh, chapter 11, how doom and gloom it was, and now when Jesus raised uh, Lazarus to life, man, there's just joy. And this family is just saying, hey, hey, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Here's, here's a thought this week I was thinking about. Living in this world today, there is a real pull to become cynical, critical, and unthankful. There really is. We're living in some trying times right now, aren't we? We're, I mean, I'll tell you, I, and I, the longer I live in, on, this, on this planet, the longer I live, I, I, I see this. It's like a gravitational pull. It's like pulling me to become more cynical, critical, and unthankful. And here's the thing. I don't think it's for us who are getting older, but who've lived a long time, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's, and, and seeing the difficult time we're in, but I think it's also for the young folks. It, they're seeing things change. They're, you know, it's just a, it's a weird time. And I think there's a, a real tendency to, there's a, to kind of be pulled in to this kind of cynical, critical, and unthankful. It reminded me of the, of the prodigal son, uh, the story of the prodigal son. Remember, he spent all his inheritance on wild parties and, and, and crazy living. And then he finally he got to a place, and one of my favorite scriptures in our places in that story is when it, in Scripture it says, he finally came to his senses. He realized, oh man, I could do so much. 
I'm tired of this eating the pig slop. I, I could go to my father's ranch, uh, uh, farm, and be a servant and be better than this. He comes to his senses. He goes home, and there his father sees him from a distance, and he runs. We see, you know, in that story that it's, it's a picture of our father. He's running. You see, my son was once dead. Now he's alive. And he embraces the son, and he's like, hey, let's, let's throw a party. My son's home. And then you got the older son in the fields. And what does the older son do? He's complaining. Well, I've been here the whole time, Dad. And you never threw me a party. And so I just thought that story was on my heart. And I can see that I can go there. I can become that older son. And I think we got to just be careful that we don't go there, that we don't get critical, cynical, and unthankful. But we take time to say, tell God, thank you. And I think that's the starting point for adoring the Lord. Here's a question then. When was the last time you expressed your thankfulness to God? I mean, really, one-on-one. Maybe it was here coming to church. Maybe it was during the kids' program. Maybe it was a great quiet time that you had the other day. But when was the last time that you ever just sat down one-on-one with the Lord in, in a quiet place and just began to let the Lord know how thankful you are? I, I This message stirred it in me this week to sit down and talk to Jesus. Um, there's so much. It just, once you start get that ball rolling, it, it just keeps coming. I want to encourage you because I think when you look at adoring the Lord, worshiping the Lord, the starting point is an, an attitude of gratitude. Okay, here's what I want to do then. From our text, I see three ways. Three ways that we can honor or adore the Lord. And the first way is like Martha. Martha, like Martha, we can adore, we can worship the Lord with our talents by serving Him. Verse 2, a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, okay? Now, Martha gets a bad rap a lot of times. Kind of a busy body. And it comes from Luke 10 because she was like, like she was tell, asking Jesus, Jesus, what about my sister? I'm doing all the work and my sister's just sitting there at your feet. Get her up and get her working. And Jesus just says, hey, Martha, you, you, you're worrying about all these details. But, and so he kind of encourages her not to worry, but he doesn't discourage her from the work. And so Martha, one of the ways that we can adore and worship the Lord is by, by, by doing work. I, for us, those of you in here who have the gift of helps, you know what I'm talking about. You love it. I, I, have the, I have it, man. I just, I love to serve. I, I love sitting down and, and, and having wonderful quiet times with the Lord. And I, I kind of like reading, being real with you. I kind of like reading. But man, if it comes a time, it's like, let's do something. I want to I I work. I want to do something. I want to uh, uh, help. We were at the basketball game. My wife and I were at the basketball game on, uh, was that Friday? Yeah, Friday. And uh, it was after the game, we were waiting for the guys to get out, and the, the custodian needed to get the benches cleared. And he didn't really talk to us. He just kind of shoved me out of the way by kind of hitting me with his butt. He just kind of butted me out of the way. I'm like, dude, man. <laughs> and, and it's like, I didn't get mad, but I was like, my first thought was, hey, can I help? Can I, can I help you, man? And, uh, but I just had this, uh, this, where I gravitate, this is where I go. I want to help. I want to do, do work. And so that is one way that we can adore the Lord 
is by serving Him with the gifts that God has given us. Look at Ephesians 2.10. We were were created to serve. For we are God's handiwork, or workmanship, another version says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So we're looking at some ways to worship the Lord, adore the Lord. One way is like Martha, we can serve. Another way is like Lazarus. Uh, We can adore the Lord with our time by fellowshipping or spending time with Him. Verse 2, a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with Him. I like how the, the ESV here, it says this. So they gave a dinner for him there, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. And that reclining, I thought more so than just eating with him, and with that, which was still fellowship, but reclining. Lazarus is spending time, spending time with Jesus, reclining with Jesus, talking with Jesus. A little side note here, what do you think that conversation was all about? <laughs> Was it, uh, hey, Jesus, heaven, whoo, why'd you bring me back? <laughs> He's got to die another time, second time. So. <laughs> Man, could you imagine that conversation? Maybe Jesus, hey, keep it down, keep it down, Lazarus. Uh, but how do we, one way, one way that we can adore the Lord, worship God, is by sitting in His presence and spending time with him and hearing him and listening to him. How do we do that? How do we do that like Lazarus today? Well, I really believe that it's the, the primary way is by getting in God's word. You want to hear the voice of God? Dive in. Get into God's word. Spend time in God's word. We, you know, it's, we've called it all, you know, traditionally the quiet time. Spend time, quiet times in his word in fellowship with God in His Word. You want to hear His voice? Get in this Word. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hebrews 4, 12 says this, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Let's go up there at the beginning of that verse. For the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's alive. It's powerful. When you spend time with God and in God's Word and read God's Word, you know, I I always call it like wrestling. You're wrestling with the the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You get into that you're listening to the truth and there's a wrestling that goes on. There's conviction that takes place. And that really is fellowship with God. You're talking with God. Not only is that, but you also have prayer. When we spend time in prayer, we're, talking, we're also talking with God. But I think the primary way for us to, to really adore the Lord, worship the Lord, is fellowship with Him in, in His Word. And so this morning, we're looking at ways that we can adore. Looking at our text, some ways that we can adore the Lord. Like Martha, we serve. We can serve Him. Like Lazarus, we can hang out with Him in His Word. Spend time in God's Word. And number three, like Mary, we can adore the Lord with our treasure by giving Him a gift. Verse three, 
Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. Now, this, is a, this perfume was a year's wages. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance. Mary was an extravagant, extravagant worshiper of Jesus. And almost every time you see her in, in the Bible, she is at the feet of Jesus. Luke chapter 10, 38, 39, look at this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. In John eleven thirty two, 32, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. And then we see here that she is anointing Jesus. Jesus is six days going to the cross. And she's an extravagant worshiper of Jesus. She, you know, here's the thing. When you're an extravagant worshiper of Jesus like that, you don't care about the price tag. You don't care what people think. Because you, you're so thankful. God. And that's that moment I was just thinking about the, the fragrance filled the room. I just think there's something there that, that the writer's trying to get across to us. That, that was beautiful to the Lord. That was beautiful. But here's the thing, when you're an extravagant worshiper of Jesus, be prepared that the natural man, not going to like it. And definitely the devil hates it. And we see right here with, uh, with uh, Judas, that he is the natural man, and he's a puppet of Satan, really is. And they're not going to like that. When, you, when you're an extravagant worshiper, they're not going to like it. Look what it says in verse 4 through 7. But Judas, Iscariot, the, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and, and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole from some for himself. Jesus reply, replied, leave her alone. I love that. There's the Lord, man, protecting the extravagant worshiper, protecting his, his, his daughter there. Leave her alone. And she did this in preparation for my burial. She's an extravagant worshiper. And when you, I, I, I've seen this, when you, you decide in your life to go, man, I am sick of the world. I am sick of all the games. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to worship the Lord with all my heart, soul, and strength and mind. When you decide to do that, boy, people are just not going to get it. They'll even look, I think they look down on it too sometimes. Matthew 6, 21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Giving a gift is a sacrificial and biblical way to worship the Lord. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly, and I like this, or in response to pressure. This is between you and God. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. From our text this morning, I see three ways. Really, a starting point is having an attitude of gratitude, being thankful taking time before you, before you go into your prayers 
taking time as, uh, uh, of remembering who, who God is and giving thanks for all that He's done for us. And then there's some ways here that we can, the ways that we kind of gravitate towards here. I think each, each one of us has our own different gifts and talents. But we can, we can adore the Lord through serving. We can adore the Lord through fellowship and spending time in God's Word. And we can adore the Lord by being an extravagant worshiper, by, by giving a gift to Him, worshiping the Lord. I want to leave you with just a challenge. You know, you might be here and it's like, I give my tithe and my offerings. Uh, I have wonderful quiet times. I'm good to go. But, um, you know, when it comes to serving, ah, I'm not sure about, about it. I just want to, I want to challenge you to get involved in a ministry. I mean, get to, go to work. Go to work in a ministry. Even if it seems scary, jump out there. I really, I, you're going to get blessed. Yeah, it's, it's challenging and, a little, you know, awkward starting out, but I want to encourage you. There's a lot of different ministries that you can get in here. You can get in upward sports. We're always needing help. Youth ministry, we need counselors. We need people want to work with the, with the young people, especially our junior high. We need some counselors. Um, children's ministries, we always need teachers. But I want to encourage you, man. I, 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 I give my tithe, my gift, my offering. Uh, I, again, I, I, I go to Bible study, but I want to just encourage you that sometime this next year, you know, go out, get involved, get uh Get involved in a ministry. Amen? Let's pray. Well, Father, I want to thank You so much. I want to thank You, Lord. We adore You. We thank You for this season, God, and this may we have these moments this, uh, this next week as we go into Christmas. Moments of just stop and say, thank You, Jesus. Thank You for the, the gift of salvation Thank you for my family. Thank you for putting a roof over my head. For God, for the abundance of food that we have. God, for great friendships, a, good, a church. There's so much to be thankful, Lord. You have blessed us abundantly, Lord. And so God, because you've blessed us, God, we want to give back to you. We want to live this life for you. If that's whatever that is, what, whatever talent we have, God, we just, God, we want to give that back to you. want to glorify you. I want to thank you, God. I want to thank you for your, the, the, this church family right here. What a blessing they are. God. Encourage them. Strengthen them this week as we go into Christmas, Jesus. God, we give you praise. We adore you. And all God's kids said, amen. amen.